Is this thing on? Welcome to the safe space you didn't know you needed. Pour a glass and join us. You are now tuning into Goddess Culture with Jordan and Shanice. Thank you for listening to episode 70. If you're interested in starting a business or you have a business you are currently working on, we dropped some advice in this episode that will definitely help you. It's so important for us to share these experiences in hopes that it helps you navigate your individual entrepreneurial journeys. We want to see you win. As always, like, comment, and subscribe and slide in our DMs. Let us know what you think. Welcome back to another episode of Goddess Culture Podcast, uh, episode 70. You were really killing it. Yeah. Honestly, we said we was going to come back and we came back. <laughs> and, and that's more than we could say in the past. So, yeah, yeah excited to keep this thing going. Um, as always, if you like what you hear during this episode, please comment, rate, and subscribe and or send it to somebody that you know who you think would enjoy it too. And really rate it because we would like to climb up those Apple podcast charts. You know? Absolutely. We wanted to be featured on, I almost said new and noteworthy. We're not new, but we are noteworthy. Yeah, we're kind of new. We reinvent ourselves. <laughs> and you know, every few months, we're a different podcast, honestly. Honestly. I think when we get to episode 100, we have to do something like really spectacular. What we should do is, remember we got that cute little invite from our friend at Spotify to come to LA to record in Spotify Studios. Mm. So maybe, perhaps, we schedule a little trip to Spotify. You know, maybe a live show. That would be fun. That could be very fun. We haven't done it in a while. Yeah, it's been a little minute. When we get to 100, we, we will see. You know, <laughs> from our mouths to God's ears. Right? Um, alrighty. So, starting with some great, refreshing, happy news. As you guys know, we are pioneers for the free Britney Griner train. So, we are so excited to just see know her that Yeah, know that she's home and, you know... Like, I'm not expecting her to come out or, like, say anything anytime soon. But just knowing that she's free and out of Russia work camp is a blessing to know. So whoever had to do whatever, God is good. Yeah. You know what is just a little bit disheartening? I don't want to harp on it uh, long. But I see people saying, like, is Biden was just using this as a as a pawn and, and a way to, like, get the black and the gay and the woman vote for the next election. Be it as it may, she's home. She's home. And I need people to, like, stop focusing so hard on the negative all the time. A win is a win. Yeah. And we could celebrate the fact that a black woman came home when she was in prison for some bullshit. Like, we can be honest about what that was. Yeah. Um, and just celebrate the fact that she's back. Honestly, they've been saying Joe Biden been sleeping. They said he don't um he don't care about black people after he fell off the bike child i was just like i don't know what's going on with joe but let me tell you something he brought this lady home and that's really all i could really focus on at this at this very moment i can't say if i would automatically vote for joe the next as a result as a result but my thing is he was the president he was doing his job yes and i think we can just acknowledge the fact that he did his job or whoever he whoever he hired to do their job did their job and got the girl home let's just celebrate a win you know, because who knows? It could be any of us in that position yeah, in any so. country. I would hope America would come Please and get me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> come get me. Please. Okay. Please. Um, Tory Lanez. Uh, so the Tory Lanez versus Meg Thee Stallion trial is currently going on. And I do have a bunch of opinions about this previous to the trial because I just thought it was just so crazy. Like, these two people, like, one person shot the other. Um... But the trial is currently going on, and I I would say 
Um, in my opinion, I think the trial is kind of skewing in more of a way of talking about their personal endeavors than the facts. But I'm also not in the courtroom, so I don't really know all the things that's going on. But I do hear a lot of like this person slept with this person, and you know, and I really think it takes away from like the real issue was someone was shot and who shot her. And I don't want us to like talk about this too much because we're not lawyers, and I don't want to say we don't care, but like this also seems like an issue outside of my pay grade. Yeah, so I'm not intimately involved yeah. in like reading up and do, doing all the things. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, but I do realize that a black woman was shot by someone and allegedly Tory Lanez. Um, and if that's the case, I'm very interested to know, like, is he going to go to jail after this? Like, is that what the trial for? Or is it like, is she suing him or is this like, did he get charged with like manslaughter or like murder or attempted murder? <laughs> I have no idea. I can't even... I can't even tell you. Like, the only thing that I've seen is what I've seen on Twitter. And, of course, is people saying, like, what you said earlier about how people are bringing, like, their personal lives and, and who they have sex with yeah. into the, the courtroom. And I don't know if that it has anything to do with what happened. I don't know. Um, I, I To be honest, this is the type of pop culture I don't get myself involved in. Because yeah. here's the thing. The moment we talk about it and pick a side, and I'm firmly going to say I stand on the side of Megan got shot and we need to acknowledge that and there's repercussions as a result of it regardless of if what if there was a tiff before even if she smacked the shit out of him I'm not saying she did but even if she did that doesn't warrant being shot Shot, so I think what we have to recognize here is there was a use of excessive force even if she was in the wrong and I'm not saying she was right even if there was something that started it that was unsavory no one deserves to be shot as a result of anything as far as I I mean most things but not this you know what I'm saying um, but yeah, I just, I don't get involved because the internet is so gross about this kind of stuff. Yeah. The people, the way people like riding for Tori before they knew what happened was yeah. like a little disgusting to me. But that's, this should be a cue for everyone. Look out for those people who are saying these things. You know what I'm saying? Those are red flag type of people. Anybody who can justify this situation when a woman, a black woman at that was shot. Yeah. She should have. Like, no. Yeah. It don't matter what happened. Like. Those are red flag people that you should probably avoid. So this is actually a good conversation to kind of watch play out because every time I see someone say some stupid shit, block. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't need that energy. Yeah, I, I just can't think of a circumstance in any argument that I've ever gotten in with a man where I thought he would point a gun and shoot in me. my direction at all. You know what I'm saying? So I, I this one just feels weird. Rich people, y'all just don't have no problems, so y'all try to invent problems. Or maybe y'all, I don't know, but, like, shooting, this this whole case honestly doesn't make any sense. Well, I can't imagine how somebody who, and, and maybe this is my, like, naivete, I can't imagine as someone who has made it in life, as someone who is a star in your own right, why we're carrying around guns anywhere. Like, I'm, and, and this is coming from somebody who grew up in a family who has guns legally, you know, people who hunt, people who have concealed to carry licenses. Like, I'm not saying people shouldn't have them, but when you make it out, why are you riding around in cars with guns? You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Like, make it out of what? what? He's what is from this? Canada. Yeah, but I'm saying like, don't even, shit go on I'm not saying it's like hood. I don't know where Tory comes from besides the fact that he's from Canada. But like, let's say make it out of poverty. Like, maybe you have that because you feel like where you be at, you need to protect yourself. As a, as a celebrity who has the money and the resources, why are you anywhere where you think you need to a gun like that um, and look at takeoff all of it 
all of it. And and I guess it's easier said than done because I'm not a celebrity. I don't have all the money in the world, so I don't yeah. know because it's not my life. I just, whatever the circumstances were that, that permitted him or that made him feel like he needed to have a gun and for him to misuse it, yeah, just blow me. And that's that's a hard, I think that's a conversation that we need to start having about the way we treat people, the way we rationalize people's shitty behavior, and at the end of the day, a black woman got hurt, and I don't feel like not enough people were rallying behind that. Right. A black woman got hurt, and as as a result of that, now a black man can potentially go to jail. So it's just a sad situation all around, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, wrong is wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'll ever just be on anyone's side just... Well, I don't think at this age I'll just jump on anyone's side... Blindly. Blindly, yeah. like, ever anymore because I've seen some shit mm-hmm. and I've been in some shit. But the facts are the facts. Three people were in the car, one person got shot. Mm-hmm. Who shot the person? You know what I'm saying? It's not rocket science. But yeah. I guess we'll just wait to see what happens. Um, but prayers to everyone involved. Again... This is not usually the type of stuff we like to always cover, but it's happening and it's real life. So be careful who you surround yourself around, especially if they strapped, you know, be strapped with sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they are crazy people out here. So I do think you should carry. Yeah. I was going to I was going to say, like, that's why I'm that's why I'm not like demonizing the fact that there was a gun, period. Like my boyfriend has a gun. My brother carries a gun like they're legally allowed to. And yeah. For whatever reason, they feel like they need to. And I'm not saying people shouldn't have them, but, like, Tori, what the fuck? That's yeah. just how I feel at the end of it. Thomas isn't going to accidentally shoot me because we get into an argument in a car. No. You know? I, yeah. But there's people like that. You hurt their feelings, they pull out and they're Yeah, and, he, you know, he's little. So Oof. maybe that Napoleon syndrome kind of popped thing. out. It is true, though. Yeah. The short man complex is a thing. However, I do enjoy... I love the short kings. I do. <laughs> I am a... Give them some shine. I do. Give them some shine. If I go out, I'm not going to lie, a lot of short guys buy me drinks. Yeah. There's so, nothing inherently wrong with short yeah, men. But I think the pairing... Great conversation. I think the pairing has to be a tall person with a short person. Does it? Yes. Imagine I got with a short man. My Jordan, kids will be two feet tall. That's you, not fair. The way... Like, first of all, you're about to upset me. So before I get upset, <laughs> let me breathe. Okay. Jordan is five zero five two on a good day. Okay. And I'm, I'm being... two and a half. <laughs> I'm almost five three. Let's be clear. Five two and a half on a good day. Uh-huh. Okay. When she wear her platforms. <laughs> However, okay. I believe short people should date short people. No. I do. And I will. No. I will stand on that hill. To make and, a community. And of, down. Uh, to make a community of high challenged <laughs> individuals. I think not. Listen, my dad is six foot. My mom is four eleven. My brother is is five nine. Okay, mm-hmm. Thomas I think is like five nine. Trent is maybe six foot, but Trent's dad is six four. If I had a baby with a short man, <laughs> my sons are not gonna be any taller than five six. Okay, so who should short men date? Tall women. <laughs> They should date whoever they want to date. Let's be honest. They should date whoever they want to date. But I just think it needs to be a short, tall pairing. Okay? If if there's going to be a short, there has to be a tall. You feel me? Because, listen, my man is tall. Let's say we have kids one day. They're at least going to be regular man height. But nobody's going to look at me and say, it's my fault that he couldn't play D1 ball. And no one's going to look at me and say, oh, look at your short ass grown up of a son. I'm going to give my kids a chance. I'm going to try. 
you know what? I understand your rationale. I still stand on my heel. We're going to have to agree to disagree. You can take take the short king, Shanice. I'm just a little bit, uh, you know, I'm a little bit taller. So I'm on the five. I think I'm like five eight. I've seen all the TikToks of these of the short man with the tall woman, and they're loving it. Yeah, yeah. It's our whole community I'm of good. individuals. <laughs> <laughs> I still love y'all though. Okay, look, SZA, SZA. Okay, have you listened to her album? I have. I have as well. Opinions. Opinions. Do you want to go first or want me? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So this is my opinion on the SZA's SOS album. I love SZA to death, right? And I do think the project is a great project. Overall, I think SZA makes music for women who were side chicks willingly or unwillingly. Sad okay? music. Now, this music is pretty much for all of us because we've all been a side chick willingly or unwillingly or, at, at some point. Or been in an undefined relationship. A situationship. Yeah. She makes that type of music. So let's just start there, mm-hmm. right? And some songs you sing with your chest and then you're kind of like, oof. Mm-hmm. You know? Some songs I'm like, Sizzle Girl. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I don't agree. Hold on. I can't hear my life like that. I can't sing that a little bit too hard. Yeah, you let know, me just I, sing that quietly. I'm going to sing it quiet. I'm, I'm going to listen. I'm going to hum it. I'm a, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm bop in the car. I don't know if I'm going to play this one at know. the top of the volume. If I'm going to scream it. There's 22 songs on the, the whole album, or maybe 20-something. Mm-hmm. And I think I love at least nine, which I think is a good it's decent a good ra- ratio, ratio. Mm-hmm. for like the project and i do think it's very SZA. Mm-hmm. like it's very her so overall i like it but again it depends what part of your life you're in like what stage you're in if you are side chicking or situation shipping or confusing mm-hmm. this is the album for you yeah if you you know in that place yeah i i would agree with you i literally said the same thing um I am all for artists being honest in their music about what their lives look like. Not to say I know this is what Sizzle's life looks like, but I, Control hit me in my heart because I was a sad girl at the time. When it came out, I was singing Control at the top of my lungs because, I, besides that weekend shit, because that don't resonate with me, but the song was good. I didn't feel it spiritually. I didn't agree with it because that's not what I do, but I love, I was blasting it. You know what I'm saying? Great music. Because part of it is I could understand her talking about a man who don't make time. You know what I'm saying? Or a man who you only see on the weekend. Yeah. So, but but the whole album, like top to bottom, control hit me in my heart because I could identify with being being the sad girl. Now, that how many years ago was control? I'm taking a look now. That was in 2017. It's now 2022. My my hope would have been that SZA moved away from sad girl music just a little bit. Like, maybe, like, finding myself a little bit more celebratory or whatever so that I could have enjoyed it more because I'm out of that phase of my life. Mm-hmm. To your point, there are good amounts. I, I think maybe I have maybe five or six songs that I, re- like, keep coming back to. And I'm going to give, I'm going to sit with the whole album another week. Yeah. Just, like, give it its just due. It needs time. Um, But, and, and this is, this is to say... It reminded me a lot of Control, with the exception of like the rock song and her rapping a little bit. I like the I like that she kind of like switched her style up or is ex- experimenting with other genres in that regard. I love that. I also love this album for people who it resonates with. Yeah, I'm not shitting on the album. It's just this one does this one isn't my album. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's terrible. I just, it was a little weird for me that Good Days was on here. That song was like two two years old, right? Yeah. I didn't know that was a single. Yeah. It was a single for like hella long. Mm-hmm. I, at least that's what I felt. I feel like I've been listening to Good Days since like 2020, to be honest. And yeah. it's almost 2023. I actually thought it was on control. Yeah. 2020 Good it. Days. You know what I'm saying? So that that was a little weird to put that on there. I think we could have lived without Good Days being on this album, but yeah. all in all, not a terrible album. No. And SZA, you should come on the podcast. Yeah. We live in New Jersey. Jersey girl. You know, I know you're around. Just come on. Let's talk about this because we're all about growing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We love your music. And, and you your, look the fuck good. Sh- let's be your, honest. We can talk look, about that. She looks great. She look, you look blessed. So you know what? If you are interested... Pull up on us. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you in this closet. I don't know how we're going to fit, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll make some things shake. We will make room for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, as you guys know, in our link in bio, we have a bias coffee link because we are some thirsty ass bitches. Mm-hmm. You know, we always need a cup of coffee or a bottle of wine. Today we're drinking water because this week is beating Jordy's ass. So, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> To say the least, um, if you would like to support our coffee habit, please, you know, tap the link in our bio. Any donation is greatly appreciated. We do want to shout out Ashley for sending us our first coffee. Thanks, girl. We appreciate you, girl. We love you. So thank you. Um, And yeah, let's jump into the affirmation. Okay. So this week, um, I was going to pull the affirmation, but instead I pulled a question from the We're Not Really Strangers self-love edition pack. Uh, if you're not familiar with We're Not Really Strangers, I don't know if they started out as an Instagram account where they were, like, posting shit alone, and then as a result, they started a, they made it, created a game, or if they were a game, and I just happened to find their Instagram first, whatever it is, um, they're, essentially, they, they have a card game that helps you get to know the people in your life, and they have extensions, like the self-love edition, the honest dating edition, the couples edition, they have one with for for playing the game with your kids now. So it's just I, I think it's really insightful. The question it's not like bullshit ass questions. Like it's real insightful. Is that from is that from the first getaway? Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I just got so distracted. Shanice's background is from our very first getaway. How cute. I know. Um, but yeah, anyhow, uh the the question on the card that I pulled today and I encourage everybody to either journal this or think about it after you finish listening to the podcast or pause the podcast and think about it, whatever. Is what boundary would you benefit the most to set... Okay, let me back it up because I can't read. What boundary <laughs> would benefit me the most to set for myself? Why haven't I said it yet? Mm. I think quite often we talk about like how people got us fucked up mm-hmm. and how people aren't honoring our boundaries or how people don't listen to us. And the truth is we have to start by setting the boundaries with ourselves so that we can exercise it when it's time for someone else to honor our boundaries as well. If uh, When I was like going to my therapist on like a weekly basis... One of the things that I was working on was trusting myself. How can I trust myself to do what I say I'm going to do? And what happens when I don't, you know? Sometimes we have to tell ourselves no. Sometimes we have to pull back on the spending. We have to pull back on giving people access to us that don't deserve it. Sometimes we have to pull back on how much we allow our families to access us. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of boundaries we have to set with ourselves because if we don't set them for ourselves, we can't possibly set healthy boundaries with other people. I agree. A year ago today, this question would have probably made me cry. You know what I'm saying? Because my biggest struggle was, like, not setting boundaries, but enforcing them. It feels Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable to, like, 
people who have like continuously crossed over a boundary to like set that boundary especially like when you love that person you Mm -hmm. don't really want to like push them away all the way but you kind of want like Mm -hmm. enough space where you can you know contribute more to yourself Mm -hmm. but like 2022 my boundaries have been strong like strong as hell you couldn't even fight past the boundary and like now i don't care like i don't care like I've heard sob stories to cross a boundary, and I was just like, that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry you're experiencing that. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Yeah. You know, like, I just put myself first, and I ain't never felt like this. Mm-hmm. Even, like, my faith in God, like, I just put so much boundaries. I just pray to God. I'm just like, help me enforce this. Like, help me stay strong to this. Help me not fold. Like, it's mm-hmm. so easy to just be like... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this slide, or I'm not gonna say nothing. No, my biggest boundary I'll share with y'all is to to correct people or to say how I feel in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's so many times I leave situations and I'm like, damn, I should have stood up for myself more, or I should have told that person like how I felt. Like mm-hmm. now, bro, like my dad's party was last weekend, and my mom like she kind of yelled at me a little bit in the party. I made her apologize to me. <laughs> like uh uh-uh like Mm -hmm. you know you did that and it kind of hurt my feelings and you know she was like oh my gosh were you drinking i'm like no this is this is the new me yeah we gotta we have to establish some things we have to and she it wasn't it wasn't nothing serious like it was very minor but because i told myself like i'm gonna address everything in the moment so that people can't be like oh that's not how it happened or use those like narcissistic or like um let time go by now we forgot time go by or someone can tell you like oh it wasn't that big of a deal like if you say it in that moment then they can read your eyes and see like i love you but you got me fucked up Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying not about my mom yeah (laughs) just so y'all know just like in general and so like it doesn't matter how little the thing is or how big the thing is you can guarantee shanice this shanice now i'm gonna gonna say say something yeah i've noticed myself being more vocal too i think i think the thing that has really kept me afloat in the last year and a half is how i talk to myself like we forget how much self-talk impacts and influences the outcome of our lives. You know what I'm saying? When you doubt your capabilities, when you don't think you're good enough, when you, you know, when you talk to yourself crazy, your body starts to believe that. Our minds, our subconscious cannot discern between reality and what our thoughts are. You have to learn to control your thoughts. So the boundary I set with myself is I'm very careful about how I talk to myself. I'm Mm -hmm. very uh, careful about what I tell myself my capabilities are. I'm just careful about it. So now everybody talking to me got to talk correctly. Period. You know what I'm saying? Period. So recently, uh, so, like, you know what's so funny? The first time I ever had to address, like... Was it me? No. Oh. Remember Lisa? <laughs> oh, I probably oh. shouldn't have said her name, but it's... Well, I'm out that job. Like that no yeah, I don't really care. Um, There was somebody at my at my last job who just could not see... And y'all know, y'all, I, y'all heard me talk about her before, but she just couldn't seem to figure out how to talk to me in a respectful way as an adult. Mm. And because I, I had a little imposter syndrome at the time, I let it go on for a mm. little bit before I started to address it. And by the time I started to address it, it was so reactionary. How I would address her now is not how I would address her. I would have addressed her back then, you know? Mm. But now that I don't tolerate my, my own self coming crazy in my mind, I certainly am not letting anybody talk to me crazy Absolutely in life. Not. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. So recently... My, I had a conversation with my brother, and we didn't really get into it or anything, but he was just, he was upset about something that didn't really have to do with us, but he's talking, and something like that's the truth about my family is, for most of us, is we talk, and we we will keep talking until we feel our point was made. 
No. So we don't stop to listen. Sometimes that volume escalates, you know? Yeah. But it, but that's it's unhealthy because it doesn't allow for fruitful conversation. It don't. And for a lot of my family, that's how they still function. And he was talking to me about a situation, and I'm like, listen here, either you gonna yell, and you can get off the we can get off the phone, or we can t- tone it down and we can have a conversation and try to come to a solution. But what we won't do is doing the yelling back and forth trying to get our points across thing because that's not how we operate. And that's not how I operate. You know. Right. And it's it's a tool that I had to learn because it doesn't like I just I can't live my life in a in, where my cortisol is shooting up because we're yelling back and forth. That's a boundary for me. Yeah, I don't do the arguing shit anymore. We I just can. don't. We're too old. I just don't. And I'm certainly not gonna argue about some shit that don't got to do with me. I ain't gonna <laughs> be arguing with you about something that happened with somebody else. Cause that shit don't got nothing to do. That with don't me. make no sense. It don't. You know. So I was like, listen, I love you, and you know it's always it's never me against you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm always on your side. Right. But if you want to talk to me in this moment, we got to f- figure out a new path of communication because this ain't it. Yeah. And what do you do? Tone it down and we were able to have a conversation. It took a couple tries in the midst of the conversation, but we certainly weren't yelling back and forth trying to get the, you know, trying to get our words out. I just can't do that. Yeah. But you see, as you do, as you enforce that boundary more and more, people will start talking to you nicely. Mm-hmm. Like. Because you know it's either talk to me or don't. Yeah. Those are the only options. That's it's it. not It's not yelling, fussing, cussing with me. I'm telling it's you. It's just not. Ooh. Yeah. That, was, that went longer. <laughs> that went longer than we anticipated, but all good. Let's talk about the unboss. All right. The unboss today is a little different. It's not necessarily a specific business, but we want to shout out the public library. Little short, quick snippet story. I went and got a new library card, and the library got a bunch of books for free for you to rent <laughs> for months. Like, I think my book is not even, my books are not due to like February. Like, you can get it as long as you want for free, and it's in every single city. And it's also like a cool hangout spot. Like, I don't know if anyone, um, you just want to get out your house or like you don't want to go to Starbucks or you don't want to go to these places, you can literally go to your city's library. Um, and read books and use the computer and some libraries have a movie room and they have different activities on different weeknights. You should also volunteer because they need help and donate and stuff like that. But um, if you have kids, I want to say like when I was younger growing up, my aunt Mo- Monique, Monique, and she listens to the podcast, so she probably is hearing this, but there was a bookstore called Borders. I don't even know if they're still around. I randomly saw one recently, and I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to remember if I was in Columbus or if I was in Dallas, but it wasn't here. It was somewhere, but I just, I literally just saw one and thought of you. It was like what Barnes & Nobles is, but like, it was better. It was better. It was more boutique. It was more boutique, yes. It gave like vintage bookstore vibes. Barnes & Nobles have like hospital lights on. Borders had like, the lights were like yellowish dim. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could sit in a snug corner that had a random chair and be like, in the yeah. novel sci-fi section and just chilling and you wouldn't see anybody. And it was like multiple floors. But anyways, I say this to say, when we were younger, we spent a lot of time there just like reading books, like full days, like four or five hours a day. Yeah. And I think that had like a tremendous impact just like all my life. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a, a reader in a way where like I read whenever I want to and it feels good and there's no pressure and I like a bunch of different things. But I also enjoy 
activities and like sitting in groups and talking about chapters and and learning new things and you know trying different books so i just want to encourage everyone to bring your children to the goddamn library Mm -hmm. okay go to the library support the library it is a free service that they gave to us so why not use it yeah my grandma used to take us when we were younger shout out to the columbus public library system for sure we love a good library. Love and and honestly, be better than me because I was somebody who would like. I would I, I swear I had books out for like two years, so yeah. I'm not really a good returner. No, me neither. Uh, but there's the but they made it so much so much easier to like cover it if you lose or damage a book. Like before, you used to have to pay for it. Now you can just go to the library and read it off, like yeah. as a way to pay for fines. I mean, it depends what library system That's you go awesome. to. But at, in Columbus, you don't have to pay anymore. Like if you lost a book or damaged a book or just never returned that shit. You, they literally will have like a payoff system where you just come and read to pay off your library fines That's or you come amazing. and volunteer to pay off your library fines. See, I like stuff like that because I was scared to get the library card because I thought I owed money. Yeah, me too. That's it. That's how I learned <laughs> that you can just, they like, after a certain amount of time, they let the fines go. And yeah. Then, yeah, but that's good because think about why some people come to the library. Maybe they can't Afford buy the books it. themselves. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe they don't have the means to like do it and that's why they have to rent. Or maybe they just love libraries and love books or whatever but i like that they don't make you pay if you if you can't i agree and i went to school in brooklyn so when i went to brooklyn library which is i think it's probably still there it's on utica between snyder and tilden but when i used to go there the workers were my friends like they were adults but like they looked so, out. Yeah, there were older women, you know, the library women. They're just so nice and kind. And, like, even when I recently signed up again, like, the lady was so nice and helpful. I was like, where do I do this? How do I get a library card? How do I return the book? Where do I? Just so many questions, and they were just so helpful. So support your library, mm-hmm. okay, before they take them away from us. Okay. All right, jumping into the goddess chat. We, we finally chatting. made it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, y'all done stuck it out with us. Yeah, let's jump into the main topic today. Today we're talking about the real tea behind business. Something that Shanice and I wanted to do as we moved into the next, like, year and the next phase of the podcast is not only focus on, like, our, what's going on in our personal lives and, like, relationships and stuff like that. We're, con- we're going to keep those conversa- conversations going. But we also want to talk about our lives outside of, like, what's happening in the world of romance and friendships. Like, let's, let's also talk about that. Something that also takes up a lot of our time. A lot of our brain power, it's business. It's being business owners. We, we've done it twice. Um, we're still doing it. And we want to share what we know. Yes. So, um, essentially, today we're talking about, like, the tea. We're going to run through a few things. Um, we sourced some questions and, and feedback from our listeners. So, before we jump into, like, the details, let's first talk a little bit about our resumes. Let's toot our own horns a little bit. Let's big ourselves up and talk about why we're qualified to even share what's going on on the podcast today facts uh do you want to go first let me go first okay um so jordan and i i guess i'll kind of start with my own personal experience so i actually graduated with my mba in marketing in 2019 and you guys probably heard this story i just i did prior to that i did a bunch of just like marketing assistant work at random places and then uh, once I graduated, I, I actually did an internship, which landed me my first, like, job. Um, and in that really kind of showed me that, you know, I really wanted to start a marketing agency. And that's kind of how Jordan and I teamed up. But since we're really talking about business, and I really want to, like, show you guys, like, kind of, like, where our mindset started, 
when we started Goddess Culture, it was 2017. 16 is 20, when we first started talking about it. 2016. So I feel like I've always had like an entrepreneurial like mindset, uh, just like in random things I was doing in life. And when Jordan brought the idea to start a podcast to me, I was just like, sounds great. Let's do it. Literally. It kind of transformed and rolled into something really big and really great, you know, having the getaways, having the events and doing all these sorts of things. But it was a fully functioning business. We have a business account. We have an LLC. We have an EIN. Like we are. Fully taxes. Func- we, we pay taxes. We are a business. So then in 2019, when we started Idea Hub, this was our second joint business venture together. So this was just like. It was just like, we could do this. We could keep going. And it was hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay? Very hard as fuck. Like, and we're going to share more um, through it, throughout this. But uh, Jordan and I did a lot of, like, early legwork. In 2020, when the pandemic happened, we didn't LLC idea right away. We actually... Uh, was doing interviews to hire people. Mind you, we had no clients. Just in case. <laughs> just client, in case. Not just in case, but when the cli- clients came, we wanted to be ready. We wanted to be We wanted ready. to have a team. We wanted to have a team. So just a, a bunch of things we did that we'll also get into. And then outside of that, I've worked in uh, marketing for, uh, I would call them te- a tech company. Mm-hmm. They created like a liquid that goes on top of fruits. And I did a bunch of marketing for them. Um, I worked with, 19th and Park, doing, like, experiential production work, work, doing, like, social strategy and stuff like that. Travel. Like, I've pretty much been in marketing for a very long time, and I've been doing business just as long, and I feel like I've learned a lot, so I just want to share a lot of the mistakes I've made with the hope that it can kind of inspire someone or... Give, shed some light onto like the real truth about being a business and being an entrepreneur, not like that forexy like scamming shit, like a real <laughs> business owner. So that's kind of where we, where I am in life, and why I think I'm qualified. Originally, I wanted to be a dancer, and that just didn't shake out, and ended up going to Seton Hall, which I don't regret. Had a really good business program, and I got in as a freshman. Um, but I really wasn't thinking like when I first got into. Stillman School of Business, I was literally like, what do I want to do in business? I had to figure it out. And until I figured it out, which it took me a semester, by the end of my first semester, I realized marketing is where I want to be, but this is how I got there. I was broke, okay? I was broke, and I didn't want to call my mom or my grandparents and ask for money. So um, the summer before I left, three companies let me do... um, like their social media. What that looked like in 2012 was taking pictures, writing captions. That was it. So they let me, um, they let me send, they let me basically take the photos or, or they sent me the photos rather. And they let me post them for a hundred dollars a month. So three companies for $300 a month. I was back then. then, You feel me? They would send me the pictures. They would tell me what they wanted me to talk about. And I would post the stuff. And that's how I was making my money for the first, like, year of college. And I was like, okay, I could do this. That's what made me decide, okay, I'm going to move forward with marketing. Um, So as far as my marketing experience is concerned, I did that. And that lasted maybe a year and a half. And then when I would go home in the summertime, I would work at those places. I would do, like, physical work. Like, I was a spa coordinator. I was a gym manager. I taught dance classes in a summer camp or whatever, um, but I was still doing the social media stuff. Still posting on Instagram, still posting on Facebook. Um, and then I was about to graduate, and I was like, everybody's getting an internship. 
this girl needs an internship. So I got an internship at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And it went really well. Lasted all summer, right up until the semester started. I took a break off in the semester, or once the semester started. And then they called me my second semester senior year, like, somebody's leaving, we need somebody to fill this role. And literally had a job lined up um, when I graduated, right when I graduated school. So I got my feel for, like, marketing there. Doing all sorts of things from um, hashtag and, like, SEO research, um, finding audiences, like, local audiences for shows in New Jersey. Um, what else was I doing? Like, sourcing, like, campaign information, um, finding, like, images and, and videos that would work on NJPAC social media, um, copywriting, a little, I think a tiny, teensy bit of email if memory serves me correctly um and then I moved over to Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater where I started out as the marketing manager for Ailey Extension which is essentially the adult dance class arm of the business while I was there I was running all of the marketing efforts so social media was part of it but I was also doing email I was also doing website I was also um designing for their flyers for like the lobby slides and also like the flyers that we like pass out to students um, I was organizing photo shoots, organizing video shoots. I hired a videographer to work, uh, with me to like get the social content up and running. This was like at the precipice of social for companies taking off in an organic way and not people just spending t tens and thousands of dollars on, on Facebook ads. Um, so I was doing that around, around that time. That's when Shanice had the idea. Well, a few years later after working at NJPAC is when Shanice had the idea to start Idea Hub. So I'm literally like working on idea or working for my day job and then planning for Idea Hub on the side. And then the pandemic hit and we were like full blown, like, let's make this thing work because we essentially now have the time. I didn't have to commute anymore. I could make some things shake in between meetings and we like made it happen. And we started Idea Hub, which is a marketing agency that specializes in social strategy uh, for medium and large-scale businesses, really. And we started off as a company who was, like, helping people at the peak of the pandemic transition from, like, low-level e-commerce to really building an audience, creating the, your tone of voice online and giving people a reason to, like, engage with you on social media and, in turn, patronize your business. Um, and we had some, like, incredible excuse me, opportunities along the way. Um, some of our client work includes um, the McBride sisters. Shout out to them. They were our very first um, yes. Idea Hub they client. Don't, they don't know, but they were <laughs> our first client that took a chance on us. If you guys know Black Girl Magic Wines, like, yeah. if you guys remember, like, when it was just, like, going crazy. So, yeah. That was, that that was, was literally us. us. That was us. We were the agency behind that. What a and time. And it was exciting. Yeah, we've been able to work with L'Oreal through... Um, Carol's daughter, daughter, Dark and Lovely, Magic Shave. We work with Facebook, We the Culture. Uh, we've yeah. done some things in the in uh, some, work with some other companies in like skincare and beauty. Um, yeah, we just have we just HBO, HBO Amazon. and Amazon. Like we worked in TV and film, which is pretty cool. And then literally that led me to my next job, the experience that I had with Idea Hub with my current job, uh, where I work in the world of of TV, movies, and fandoms. Um, literally all as a result of starting a business with Shanice and being able to like work those those um, muscles and, and learn the learn what it takes to to really market and market well. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, I think that's why, and, and, and along the way, we've learned a lot. So I think like in, in this instance, I think that's why we're uniquely qualified to like talk about this stuff and, and give some insight. And what and why we're sharing is not really like a let's big ourselves up. I mean, yes, let's big ourselves up. Like at the end of the day, we should feel confident in what we do and what we know. But we're not But like it's not that. it's not to be boastful. It's so that there's so much information on the internet. There's all these people giving advice. And most of it, we don't know why they're qualified to give it. Just because somebody became an influencer does not mean that they're qualified to give marketing advice. Does not mean that they're qualified to give entrepreneurial advice because some of this, and I'm not saying all influencers, but most influencers have their success through happenstance, right? You have something that people like to watch, is people like to view, and it's unique to you. But it's not a unique, it's not a strategy that covers anybody who wants to do this work. And we just want to show people that we have the experience across industries across platforms across over years of time yeah we've been doing this work we haven't stopped doing this work and we want to just share what we know and share what we learned and it's and it's impactful that we share like where we started from to like where we are now because having the marketing experience really helps us so much as entrepreneurs and work with businesses who have entrepreneurial spirit so Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where we're coming from is that marketing business management energy you know not yeah. really like an influencer who posted something and it was yeah. just like it went viral yeah, or not like two girls who were like yo let's start a marketing business and like see how this goes like we did the work yeah but let's let's talk about let's talk about this year in business let's talk about the last year in business into this year in business okay just like really thoroughly paint a picture we started in 2020. It took us a lot of hard work, a lot of elbow grease to, like, get this thing up and running. We were at the peak of, like, greatness come 2021. Yeah. And we learned a whole lot. We were making good money. Um, and it was amazing. And we had a, a phenomenal time. We met some really great people. It was very fucking hard, like, if I can be honest. Yeah. The reason I started therapy was because we started... <laughs> But it, it, it showed us what we were made of. It show, showed us that we were ex- exceedingly capable, but it taught us, like, what to do differently and what to do better. I would say the biggest thing that we learned is how to build a good team. I mean, Ugh. we had just, like, a couple quick shout-outs. Like, shout-out to Kayla. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to Imani. Shout-out mm-hmm. to Ashley. Like, yes. Jaya. Shout-out to Shajita. Like, we have had some incredible freaking people on this team. Yeah, and marketing we, extraordinaire. Yeah, we honestly. would... I just couldn't... We couldn't let the podcast go without, like, giving our team over the course of the last couple of years just, like, a really big pat on the back because they made our success possible. And when we say, like, we've had bad teams... So this can be, like, a, a kind of, like, point for someone. If you're gonna start a business or you're in the in the business of, you know, creating your business right now and you're trying to build your team, if someone is not producing what you need them to produce, let them go. the fuck mm-hmm. go. And why? Right away. The time you waste on trying to work with someone who is not producing at the level that you expect, and I'm talking about if you hired someone under a certain contract and have expectations and... They said they can do X amount of, or, you know, this type of work, work, and they, turns out that they cannot. They cannot. No deliverables. Deliverables where? Yeah. Not here. If you start noticing that pattern, do not waste your time. Cut your losses. Fail fast, okay? Yeah. That was, like, the biggest thing with why we're so grateful for having such a strong team in the years um, prior was because we had such a horrible team when we first started that Jordan and I were probably working like 24 hours a day. Like we weren't sleeping. We weren't eating. We weren't hanging out with anyone. Kid you not. It was, 
the truth let's 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 be honest about like kind of like where where the downfalls kind of happen Shanice had mentioned like if you hire someone to do the work and they say that's the work that they're contracted to do and then they in fact do not do that one of our issues was we were giving people chances and chances and chances when, the, chances when the truth was if we hired someone to do the job it's so that we don't have to do the job because we have other jobs to do, to do. in the business but if I'm doing my job and, and your, your job, job I'm losing money because why am I paying you to do to what do I'm already job. doing I could use that money and pay myself or I could use that money and find somebody who can do what we need you to do but it was creating, it was one, it was a waste of money. A lot of money. And it was creating an environment that we didn't love. Like when Shanice and I started a business, something that's very important to us is company culture. How we handle each other, how we talk to each other, what we prioritize, what we make sure our team knows is important. Like we care about people first, right? Facts. But I can't give you people first love if you're trying to play me. You're always trying to play you. You know, it, it just, it doesn't work. And then it creates conversations or experiences that just aren't great and it then makes it awkward for other people because now someone else is covering you. Like, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't. So, luckily, I have... Shout out to my Aunt Tia who sat us down and was like... She really did. She, she was like, y'all can't... Herself. She literally was like, do y'all see what this is doing to y'all as do a result of not letting her go? And we were just like... But I don't want to hurt her feelings. feelings. But she just started. We want to give her the 30-day trial, trial period. No. If, there, if she's... If, once you realize that they were lying... You got to let them go because you're causing yourself a lot of, sh- like, strain. It's straining your relationships. It's straining the, the how good you can perform in your business to, like, keep somebody who just isn't good. Come the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. No, was it 2021? Or come the end of 2020, and we started at the beginning, we were ready to close. Yeah. By September, I literally was like, if I don't go to a therapist, I'm going to tell Shanice that she has to find a new partner. I actually was really writing my recognition letter i mean resignation, resignation letter. <laughs> and i'm like hmm, should i send this in Dear an email or a text because <laughs> i'm not doing this it was hard and one thing that someone told us as well tia was a great mentor so i think we should touch on that too about getting great mentors mm-hmm. but one thing that someone told us is like business is it's it looks good but it's, it's hard and you'll look around and you'll see the people who start a business with you like around the same time and in a year, two years, three years, they will be gone. Six months. Six months. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's really important to have, like, a, a goal. Like, you have to have, like, Jordan and I spent those months in the pandemic from, like, March to our first client. Till May. May. May 18th, I think, is when we signed our first contract. And we became an LLC on... In March. In, like, March 3rd or something. Something. 13th. It was a three in there. We spent the entire time making sure that our vision was tight. What do you want out of this business? Where do you see yourself? What, where, where can we align ourselves? How much do you want to work in your life? How do you mm-hmm. see yourself when you have kids? Why are we starting this business? What about when you have a man? Yeah. All of those conversations we had within those three months, and they were not easy to have. Mm-mm. You had to be honest, especially if you're jumping into a partnership. You you just want to, you have to talk about everything mm-hmm. to the point where like we have notes and notes and notes like Google Docs of pages of shit that we just spoke about and agreed on Mm -hmm. right away. So if you're not, if you don't have a goal and you don't have a vision, your business is not going to last. It's six months and it's going to be dead. I can, should I share our our vision? Uh, Why not? Okay. One of our main visions when we started Idea Hub was that we didn't want to work for anyone else. We wanted to really create a, a place, a culture that wasn't like passive aggressive or like very like corporate. We wanted it to feel like, 
it, it, it still worked, but it doesn't feel like that workplace culture. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like that. And then we also thought about, like, what do we want out of life? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Our life goal is not to work hard until we die. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to be a billionaire like i just want we just want to be comfortable happy be able to take our family and enjoy life be proud of what we do and do things that make sense for us as we grow at the time jordan was becoming a doula i was just freshly out of school it was a lot going on it was so much going on and we just had to look at our five-year plan our 10-year plan for ourselves as individuals but also together um i we don't want to work forever we, mm-hmm. we want to work on things that, that matter to us. We want to work with businesses who we enjoy and companies that we support. And we wrote all that shit down mm-hmm. to the point where I don't even have to be there. And I know whatever Jordan's doing or whoever she signs a contract with or whoever she's even freaking talking to, like, it's aligned. And then I don't, I don't even have to be in the meeting. You know, that's how, like, in sync we were. Yeah, we trust each other a lot. A lot. So if you don't trust each other and you don't have these uncomfortable conversations... Maybe it's not the best time to start a business with that person or for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then getting into 2022, the year of business, and I think this kind of segues right into the next point that we have here is like the truth about the marketing industry. Mm. So let's just back it up just a bit. When we started Idea Hub, it was it was at the peak of the pandemic. A lot of people were letting their teams go and a lot of people needed contractors because it was like in really, really high demand and it was like just perfect for the timing. But the truth about marketing is, and I know everybody's seen the Twitter layoffs, the Facebook layoffs, the everywhere layoffs. Complex. Is complex is that when when layoffs happen, a lot of times what goes is the marketing department. And um, but this is in like six to nine months or six to twelve month intervals I think where like companies really need contractors so they hire out and they realize that like maybe they want an internal team so they do all this big hiring Mm -hmm. internally so then they let the contractors go and they build up these internal teams and then something happens in the company uh, equity goes down stock prices are low Mm -hmm. they let their marketing department go so now they need contractors it is very much uh, an ebb and flow in the marketing industry and it's something that Shanice and I had to learn especially for companies who hire big and big quick. I'm not talking like, like luckily in in my day jobs, I've I've I thank God for it that there hasn't been much fluctuation, mm-hmm. in, in that where I've been they needed marketers and I've been on a on small teams that always need somebody. But for companies who hire 500 people to manage, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's gonna come a time where like things change in social, so maybe you don't need 500 social media managers, so you fire 60 percent of them. Yep. Now, who's managing all that work? Now you need to hire contractors because it's cheaper. You don't have to pay benefits. You don't have to, like, think about salaries. You know what I'm saying? If the, if the you can make shorter contracts, if six you want to try six months at a time, you want to try a year at a time, but you're not locking in yeah. someone's whole career and then you having to pay for it or whatever. Say all this to say, 2022 became a year where a lot of companies started hiring internally again. Yeah. And um, we didn't necessarily lose out on work, but what we noticed is people wanted to pay less for it because they were bringing in um, their own internal teams, which is absolutely fine. It's absolutely great. Um, but what we didn't love about, what I can comfortably say we didn't love about 2022 is many people don't realize how much time and energy and effort it takes to build a, a good team and then build a good campaign that performs really well and to cut prices on something that takes 8, 10, 12 hours out of your day to, to build. It just didn't make sense for the money. So unfortunately, we had to let go of some of our contracts. We had to opt out of some of our contracts. And going back to what Shanice said about um, 
knowing knowing the the company culture we wanted to have and what we were willing to accept from clients, we had to let people go for that reason too. We had to get very real about who our North Star clients were, what type of money we wanted to make, and if it didn't make sense, mm. it had to go. Yeah. And that was um, a theme in 2022 for sure. Yeah. I think when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And a lot of people who were our previous clients, and we love them, because lessons have been learned mm-hmm. and, you know, relationships were definitely built. So appreciative. But a lot of them got away with a lot of stuff. We, You know what? I'm a, okay, here's some advice for new business owners. It is exciting to get your first client. It is exciting to get clients who pay you. Mm. At no point should you feel you owe your client anything. They have contracted you to do a job. Keep the scope of the work. Yeah, our I think our problem is and why we realized we had to end up letting um, or not renewing contracts with some clients is we were very grateful for their work and we wanted them to love us so much that we took on more than they were willing to pay us for. They would they would inch it like, oh, can you do this? Can you add this? Can you mm. do this edit? Can you make this little mini campaign? I can do all those things. But we were saying, you know what? We're just grateful to have a client. We're just happy that they trust us to do yeah. the work. Sure, let's do it. And then we weren't getting paid for the work because we didn't ask. Yeah. Uh, we made a habit out of not asking and then we got burnt out with that client or with those clients. Yeah. And then when we got to the point where we're like, you know what? We're doing all this work. We need to charge for it. We need to up these prices. They couldn't understand no. because they were getting so much work out of us for such a little price. But yeah. when we think about what a contract costs, it's not just me and Shanice. It's me and Shanice. It's overhead. It's our designer. It's our um, content creators. Yep. It's, it's the people who build and maintain the content calendars. It's the people who are push and go and, and editing the copy and making sure posts go live. It's the people who are doing community management. We we It can look like a, a small project. It was really an eight-person team. It's literally an eight- to ten-person team. It yeah. takes so many people before you can actually like let it go out in the wild. Yeah. And it actually takes a lot of time because although we have a, a substantial team, we still are intricate in every single thing that goes on in our team. And we're ultimately the ones who have to present these ideas or pre- present these... Nothing goes live without us seeing it. These, uh, exactly. Nothing this pe- content, goes to a client without, without our eyes. touching it yeah. or writing... Like, our stamp of approval is needed. So I still have to read everything in detail and, you know, make changes as well as Jordan. So great advice okay great advice my my thing is when you're doing the work or when you're on the call on the zoom call just pull up the fucking scope right keep the scope scope. on the screen change your screensaver honestly (laughs) email the client the scope every every couple of months just to remind them because here's the thing y'all have to like like the the truth of it is if you want to have a successful relationship with your clients you can't do more than what you get paid to do you can't because the price and, and also something to remember the price that you start with is the price your client wants to stay at Mm. so price high Mm. because if you price low and realize that your time is worth more there's no way they're gonna get or there's rarely a way they're gonna they're gonna eventually move over it to what you know you're worth right and sometimes a client will but and but it's it's not sustainable for every single client so you have to think strategically about your pricing so that you're getting what you deserve out the gate Mm -hmm. and don't have to spend so much time negotiating um, for your clients to 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 pay you more once they've they've grown accustomed to your prices. Agreed. Um, um I, I think th- that we should do from our listeners. Yeah, let's let's move into our listeners. So the other day I put on my story. You know, what did you wish you knew as a first time 
a business owner and we got a we got a couple of things uh one we got we got a few things of people saying what they wish they would have known and we had some people asking questions as business owners that are you know in their first go around um but someone said you know something they wish they knew was like marketing and seo is really important seo and marketing is very important yeah so seo is search engine optimization um what i have to say about that is in order to capitalize on seo uh, you need to have somebody who knows SEO. You need to like pay attention to the words and the phrases you use on your website. You really need to keep your online ecosystem up to date. Fresh. What people have to remember is marketing is not an Instagram account. No. What Shanice and I always tell our clients is the business is the business. The Instagram promotes the business, but Instagram is also not the only vehicle of, of marketing. So marketing includes ads it includes organic social it includes sms it includes email it includes out of home it includes experiential offerings it includes all these things um because a person essentially needs like five to nine touch points before they feel comfortable making a purchase or patronizing your business the way instagram flows we obviously know that they change the algorithm so much you could post something today and someone who's been following for years won't see it until two weeks later agreed and also it's important that your business can when people go on your social, they leave social media and go to your business page. Yeah. So many times people want to sell so heavy on their social page. But at the end of the day, if Instagram and Meta was to shut down tomorrow, how would people find you? Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Daniel Laddick at Seton Hall. He used to have this uh, saying, like, all roads lead to Rome. Every single one of your platforms needs to lead back to your own platform, your website where you can get people's email addresses and talk to your people should every other platform fail. A hundred percent. You don't own Instagram. You don't own don't. TikTok. If TikTok shuts down tomorrow, how do you have access how, to that audience? You do don't. You, how do you talk to these people? You don't. And Jordan actually just added in a great point. Having emails is like having fucking gold, okay? The most underrated part of marketing that sometimes people sleep on, aside from like SEO or, or SMO. SMO or any of the new things that's up and coming, is email marketing. Being able to have the direct contact for your... Um, your consumer base is like key. Mm-hmm. That SMS text message marketing is actually like going up right now. And I think people are doing some like really amazing things with making it feel like it's not a harassing text message, mm-hmm. but really feeling like organic. Yeah. And you can research that and kind of see like where your lane is. But capturing your your customer's base's information to contact them outside of social media is key yeah i'll give you an example of a good one there's a jewelry company called orate and i remember i it was like a it was some sale essentially they sent us a text message like hey this is xyz founder from orate we have a sale going on if you have any questions reply to this text and we'll help you out right so from the consumer standpoint it felt like the founder was talking to you you could ask questions get the information you needed obviously it was the marketing team or whatever but it felt so personable imagine i'm trying to make a big jewelry purchase i don't want to spend 500 800 dollars and not know what I'm going to get. You know what I'm right. saying? Not knowing how I expect it, if I have questions on quality or shipping, blah, blah, blah. For as much money as I'm spending, I want somebody to tell me. Right. I don't want to have to go on your website Read. and talk to a bot. I don't want to have to search through all the pages. Like, it made it so personal. I, granted, I didn't buy nothing at the time. But I remember um, one of my one of the companies I work for is Hana Hana Beauty. And at the time, they were just getting into SMS marketing. And I shared that with them. Like, this is a way that made me feel comfortable, one, opting in. But now when orate messages come in, I read them because 
maybe there's a chance that I they say something that I want to engage in, but I'm not just ignoring them like I usually do. When it's like, 10% off, shop now. I don't yeah. care about 10% off. Agreed. You know? And Jordan told me another thing that happened that I think is great to mention. Actually, two things. One thing she told me was, um, you said you signed up for one and they sent you their contact information, like yeah, save us. Yeah. Like that's they sent, really like great. the like the contact card. Yes. With their name, a picture, their number. So, so when they text save it. you know who's texting, who's texting it, as opposed it. to six seven one four two two dash yeah. slash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then kind of just to like really ball together everything that we're saying about this is really focusing on like your user journey. Mm-hmm. Jordan mentioned seven touch points for someone to actually make a purchase. What can you do to add to that journey to make the person feel encouraged, supported, inspired to purchase something from you? Mm-hmm. And it's not what you think it is. It's not because you got the best video on social media. The best it's flyer. Not. It's, it's, not. it's not. It's, it's not. Storytelling is huge. It's storytelling. People want to hear the founders. People want to hear from the people who actually already patronize your business. We want to see the product people in wanna, motion. People want to hear about your mistakes. People want to see the process. People want to understand how you got here and why they should buy, why they should give you their dollar. And if you think that sounds like too much, just try it. Yeah. Whoever, if you just try it and if it works, you don't got to give us nothing. But here's okay. the thing. You don't got it. Here's the thing. If you think it's too much, think about your favorite products and how they became your favorites, right? Say you say you love shoes, right? And there's a whole culture around shoes. But before you make a shoe purchase, and I'm not talking like hype beasts. I'm talking like people who are actually in the sneaker culture, and I'm not. So this is actually me talking from the out from the outside. But I think it's something that a lot of people can resonate with. Think about the legacy of the shoe and why you felt comfortable making that purchase. Think about the people you saw wearing the shoe. Think about the storytelling of the brand. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of stuff that, like, kind of makes you want to buy in. When we think about, like, when we think about, um, what else do people, like, consume a lot? When we think about makeup and skincare, right? We listen to podcasts. We hear somebody talk about it. They bring a founder on. The founder talks about the brand. They make you feel good about it. Then you go to their website. So you go to their website because you've been to, to their website. Now you're being served the ads on Instagram. You're being served the ads on Instagram. Now you're looking at their page. Yeah. When you're on their page, now you're starting to see UGC, user-generated content, people who are already buying the stuff, who are talking about their great experience. Now you have a little bit of social proof. You feel a little bit more comfortable. Then now you follow them on Instagram. Then you see they have a Black Friday sale. And if you were skeptical before, now you have 25% off to give it a go. But think about how much you had to do to get to to that point that you felt comfortable. It wasn't because they posted once on Instagram. It wasn't. And that's marketing. And that's marketing. Yeah. Wow, that was a... I didn't even plan that. We didn't even... The way we just... Yeah. It's giving marketing. Yeah. It's giving marketing experts. It is. Okay, so something else that um, from our listeners, someone said, if you start your own business, it's not... It doesn't run like a nine-to-five. It requires way more time than your regular job. Oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Um, literally, if you think you're going to be your own boss and, uh-huh. and choose your own hours... Please know until you get to the pinnacle of success in your company and you have people who can do the work for you, that is a fallacy. Yeah. Okay. First of all, get rid of the idea that you're your own boss. Yeah. When you own your own business, whoever you have contracts with <laughs> is, is your boss. boss. Is your daddy. Yeah. So there was a point where Shanice and I had seven bosses. Seven daddies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And whatever your boss say. You got to do. You got to Because do. they're paying you to do the work. They are. Or you have to figure out how to tell them no in a way that's going to keep the contract running. Not only that, there's no traditional days off. In a nine to five, you got PTO, you got sick leave. Ain't no sick Mm-mm. leave. You have health care. You have health You Ain't no <laughs> <laughs> You're literally working 24 hours a day. And I would say 
in the first five years, you're probably working nonstop. And maybe after those five years, after you created systems and built um, processes and those type of things and automations, you probably have a better handle on it. Mm -hmm. But just prepare to be extremely dedicated. And that's why it ties into like your vision. If you don't have that vision like looming every time you daze out into above your screen when you're working, you're going to give up on this project. You're going to give up on this gold. You're not going to want to do anymore. You have to like want to see it succeed if it's the last thing you do if you have some haters that's even better let that shit motivate you to make it to the end because at the end of the day your this business is a representation of you know your quality of work Mm -hmm. what do you want to put out there into the world Mm -hmm. are you going to say oh i only work nine to five you sound crazy yeah now that's not to say like we had to learn there's a delicate balance because we we did learn that like Working until 12 in the morning is not sustainable because this is how it works, right? You have your day job. You're building your business on the back end. So you're working all day. You come home. You're working all night. And then you're not eating. You're not sleeping. You're snapping at the people who are helping you build your dream. It tears down relationships. You Like, like you can't participate in entrepreneurship in a way that's unhealthy so i do say all this to say like it's very hard work but you do have to learn how to establish some sort of routine that keeps your life in check and some sort of boundaries that like keep you keep Mm -hmm. make the work sustainable so for instance after shanice got and i got out of um the habit of working until 12 in the morning um, yeah like it took all of 2020 to unlearn that we, we, we realized like we were breaking ourselves down we started 2021 like that can't happen so what we would do is we would literally like have meetings at the start of the week that would like outline everything that needed to be accomplished we would delegate the work so that it wasn't always on us we had to learn to like build better teams so we could trust people to do the work because that's a yeah. part of it to be completely honest you cannot do it all on your own no, unfortunately okay. as much as you think you can do it all on your own because you want the glory of that rags to riches shit it's not cute to 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 kill yourself for the for the glory it's not and i just want people to understand that hire a team if you have the means hire a team it does not pay to be a slave to the work um but it, we, we do things like we still work through sickness we would work through vacations like Shanice and I no longer do that. If you're on, you're on. If you're off, you're off. And what, how you do that successfully is you have handoffs. If mm-hmm. I know Shanice is going to be off or if Shanice knows I'm going to be off, we talk about what work needs to be covered in the meantime, who's going to cover it, and how we're going to get back on track when the person comes back. We never leave things like out uh, up in the air because someone is is um, vacationing or whatever. When we're sick, we're off. Yeah. Like, we had to learn to stop doing that because when you're sick, you need to be off because if you're not off, you prolong the sickness, you prolong the amount of time that you have to be away from the work. Yeah. Um, we don't work weekends. No, we stopped doing we that. We stopped doing that. Yeah. Like, so when we say like we work 24 seven in retrospect, we don't work 24 seven, but our mind, like we're thinking like if something pops up or someone on our team needs something, whoever can answer it will answer it. The business is running 24 seven, mm-hmm. especially the industry we're in. Social yes. media doesn't stop. Social media doesn't stop. Marketing doesn't stop. So the lights are always on at idea hub headquarters goddess culture the same however everything makes sense if the email isn't urgent if the request isn't something that needs to be it turned wait around the next business day. it could wait till the, we have the the strongest wellness barriers around us that the first thing we do before we even film if we're in a bad mood we're not filming the podcast we'll just sit down and hang out that's why when i got here today i'm like is this one of the days you want to just chill like you know i'm very fine with that because mm-hmm. i understand like we're human beings mm-hmm. and i don't think we're curing science we're not Yo, curing this cancer is not we're not doing 
we're not at NASA, like we're doing marketing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, depending on your industry and, you know, what your product and services, you create those boundaries around yourself so that you can bring your best self forward. The only reason we're able to have these great teams and be these people in these meetings is because we created these boundaries that every time we come into a meeting, we're happy, we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we we worked it out. Yeah. But it's not easy. I think the the biggest, the key to what we're saying, because I don't want people to, like, misconstrue, like, saying, work really hard, but don't work 24-7, but, like, it's your job, so you got to get it done. Discipline. Discipline. You have, the ha- you have to have the discipline that you outline when the work gets done. You, you do the preparations to make sure that the work is getting done in a timely fashion and in a way that you're proud of. And then when it's time to be off, you have to be off. Yeah. Yeah, that's not to say there won't be hard nights, right. hard days. There are. There, there were. I, I mean, literally, like all this week, I think I'm having at least twelve hour work days. Um, Yikes. Yeah, and well, not all this week, but at least we're on Wednesday. I've had at least two two ten hour work days, and today is like a twelve hour work day. Um, but I know for sure I don't make a habit out of doing that every week. And when I'm off, I'm off. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna work to get the job done because I want people to view my work in a certain in a certain light. And I want to be proud of the work that I do, but I'm also not going to kill myself to market. Right. It's just not going to happen. Um, next thing. Uh, understand which social platforms are best for your business. I will say... Every business don't need a Twitter. Every business don't need a social <laughs> like a social platform. And also pick whichever platform you can Maintain. almost guarantee you'll be consistent with. Because yeah. if you don't have consistency, then it honestly doesn't make any sense for you to be anywhere. Yeah. In 2022, the year of our Lord, if you're not if you don't have somebody <laughs> whose job it is to be on Twitter, you might as well not even be on Twitter. Yeah. Like when you think about businesses that have success on Twitter, what is it? It's Doritos who has a witty reply to Cheetos when something happens. But it's because of so much job. <laughs> to be witty on Twitter. Yeah. They can maintain the amount of um, inbound messages that they're receiving. They can reply. They can like. They can retweet. They can block. Right. But it's because it's so much job t- to do Twitter. Right. Exactly. Everybody doesn't need a TikTok. Everybody does not need a goddamn TikTok. I know that TikTok is growing like wildfire right now, but let's just be honest. Does a library need TikTok? Probably not. Why do you have a TikTok and not a website? But that's a conversation for another day. Thank you. I know we are going over, so yeah. <laughs> ciao. But yeah, and, and that moves us right into the next thing. What are top five things you need to do to grow your business? I can't say there's a top five because it depends the industry. It depends the product. It depends the service. But one of the things I will say is people focus too much on having an Instagram and not enough on having a website that directs people to um, show you how to purchase, that gives insight into who you are and what you do, that makes people feel comfortable to purchase and to exchange money on the internet, that tells about the founders, that tells about the products, that answers almost all the questions someone would have about your business and and provides a way for people to get in contact easily. We're too focused on having Instagrams and cool pictures and reels and videos. Those are all important. But that's not... Instagram is not your business. If Instagram dies tomorrow, which we just saw a couple of weeks ago, million like a million people lost their Instagrams. And and when it came back, it was like half of those people came back with their accounts. And I personally know people who it happened to. So imagine... That person was a business owner. Actually, my cousin, literally, Facebook is connected to her Instagram. Something happened. Somebody reported something on her Facebook. It deleted her Instagram and her Facebook. So now she had to build from scratch. Gone. Yeah. What happens? You have to to be tapped in. You have to have their information. So that's something I think is very important. What's something else you think is important to grow your business? Um... You have to have a product that actually works. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but a lot of times people come out with these gimmicky products or where they bring things to market before they're ready. Before they're ready or a service that hasn't completely been been well thought out and you haven't even made a sale yet, but you've invested all this money into the packaging and the design and mm-hmm. all these things and you haven't even sold one. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that before you decide to jump into any business and you want to make sure that it grows, you do that market research. Workshop that prototype. Workshop that prototype. For as long as you need to, to make sure it is good because Instagram can only sell a product but for so long. Think about B. Simone, right? B. Simone had all this cachet and she had all these followers or whatever. And then she put out that book that she plagiarized and immediately, maybe she made a lot of money in in the front end of it, immediately people were like, this is a Google worksheet. Mm. Somebody's like, this is some shit I sent her that she ended up not, said she wasn't going to use now I sent her shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, people mm. immediately saw how she, this is not a real word, but I'm going to say how she fraudulated <laughs> that project or that, that uh, product. You know what I'm saying? Russian and, and now we can't trust your work. At all. I wouldn't, first of all, I would never buy a, a manifestation anything from B. Simone if I could be completely honest in the first place. I really don't understand why anybody would see B. Simone and think, I'm going to buy a manifestation journal off this lady. Right. But teach their own. People bought it, but they won't do it again. They won't. And once people lose um, trust trust in your business, it's over. Yeah. But I do have a personal experience. I actually am about to release a, a, a new business that I've been working on for like two years now. And I literally got, we got the business idea in 2020. It's me and my friend Tiffany. And from 2020 till now, it has just been in like market research development stage yeah like we've just been giving it to people and letting them use it and like see what they thought and it's been two years it's to the point now like people who intimately know me are kind of like didn't you say you were dropping something and i'm just like i'm not gonna drop something if it's not ready ready to go yeah and i don't i don't mean like i'm just gonna I'm, i'm nervous to drop it no i'm doing all of those steps to ensure that it's a success because I don't play about my money. Mm-hmm. I don't play about my time. So I just say all that to say to grow a good business is to have a good business. Mm-hmm. Create wealth for yourself. Create growth for your business. Create opportunities for you to do something else. With something that you're proud of. With something that you're proud of. Build brand trust in yourself. And with Build brand trust in you as a person and no matter what you put out people will buy because they trust you. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'm going to say for how to grow your business, like just things that we're throwing out here is as a founder, you have to be willing to be founder forward. Uh-huh. Um, and I know a lot of people like to like I'm somebody who doesn't like to be in the forefront. Like I'd much I'd much rather do the work and have the satisfaction of knowing we did a good job without somebody being like, I need a hub did that. Yeah. Think about how this podcast has been running congruently with um, Idea Hub. Rarely. I don't think not once. Or maybe we did, I don't know, but we I, don't, I can't recall a time we got on here and was like, hey, y'all, guess what? We work with Facebook right now. Never. You know what I'm saying? Until we, until the contract closed and we did our good job and we moved yeah. on, like, we were never like, yeah, so we're we're over at um, L'Oreal, L'Oreal making shit shake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like no. it just, it's, it's hard for me to put myself, to, to be like, hey, y'all, come look at me, especially when it comes to, like, my business. I'd much rather have my work speak for me. Um, but the truth is you do have to be a little bit more founder forward because, because in, um, the way that people consume anything right now, they want to know who's behind what's happening. Yeah. We can't be making black hair products and it's somebody who's not, black. and not to say you Child. can't, not to say you can't, but when we're under the guise of, oh, it's this certain entity that makes this thing and you realize they're not, or they're not in it for the right reasons, or who are they to be telling you about X, Y, and Z, it breaks brand trust down. 
Yes. We could go on and on, but yeah. I think we could do one more question. We have so many questions here. Yeah. Um, the next thing we can talk about is what's that? What's the best, biggest lesson you've learned in starting a business? Oof. Um, okay, I do have one, and it's not because we've had to do it necessarily, but it's because we've had to think about doing it. And it actually is one of the questions that we had that we didn't that we're not going to necessarily focus on. But I would say one of the biggest lessons is knowing when to reevaluate or step away, girl. And it's hard because so many of us look at our businesses like our babies, right? Because when when it's your baby, it's your responsibility to take care of it from infancy up through adulthood. It's yours. Yeah. You have to make it work. You don't want to give up. You don't want to give up. But the truth is, a business is not a baby. It's not. A business is an opportunity that you take and you do well on or you don't. But you what you what you take from it is the lesson, right? You, what you take from it is, okay, if this thing went well, we keep it going. If it didn't go well, if I'm out of love with it, if I don't have the passion for it, if I don't have the team, if I don't have the finances, I have to be willing to jump off this ship before it takes me down in a way I can't recover from. And so many people go down with their businesses because their pride won't let them step away. The way mm-hmm. we think people will look at uh, what we do. And, and how we've shown up, what our success looks like, will not let us take a step back. But the amount of times Shanice and I have come back to this podcast, like, we're back, is because <laughs> on the back end, we were reevaluating what was happening with the retreats or how we were showing up on the podcast. Like, it's it's just a part of business. Sometimes things don't work, and you have to evaluate, do I end this thing? Do I try something new? Do I step away for a little bit so I can reevaluate? Do we use this downtime to be better? And I truly feel in this latest iteration of Goddess Culture, we're showing up more authentically with better things to say and better things to talk about because we have more experience, and it took for us to take a break to realize that. Yeah, you. But that's a really good point. Like, you... You have to know when to step away from your own business. You have to know when to step away from working with clients. You have to know when the idea is not working. You just mm-hmm. have to be when able to... When it's not to, good. When it's not good. Yeah. You have to be able to pivot. Pivoting is, like, number one. Sh- make shit shake. Do changes. Things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. You you just got to be able to make these important decisions without including all of your feelings. And it's also very hard when it's your baby, you know? So, a thousand percent agree. For me, I would say my biggest lesson, um, and maybe this is just like bigger than just starting a business, but I just really enjoy making money with my friend. Like I really do. Like mm-hmm. I've never been in such of a, a healthy <laughs> work relationship before. Like it's actually the work relationship of my dreams. This and, taught me it was possible. And this showed me that it was possible. And now all I could think about is just making money with people that I, I fuck with. Like I just... I can't imagine making money any other way. And I'm just, like, really happy that we were able to, like, get it together. Because, you know, if you've listened and you know, we started out as when Jordan and I met, we didn't even like each other for, like, a a year or two. So to see, like, where we started from to where we are, it just showed me that, like, when you mutually respect someone, not only can you enjoy their presence, but you can enjoy getting money with them. And, like, Mm -hmm. what's better than, like, getting money? With somebody you trust. With somebody you love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing better. Yeah. So that just really showed me that, like, I can pretty much work with anyone um, once our, our goals are aligned, once, you know, our ultimate vision and what we want out of the business is aligned. And I'm appreciative for that because that also inspired me to do more business with people I love. So 
Um, I just feel like we're in a, a exciting place. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two businesses under our belt, and it's hard, but we've seen tremendous success. And I'm talking like success we could have never thought of mm-hmm. and or dreamed of. And it's honestly because people be listening to our podcast, which we appreciate. <laughs> honestly. People recommend us for marketing opportunities, which we tremendously appreciate. People who worked with us on our teams have recommended us in places we couldn't even imagine. I know we were supposed to talk about mentors, but maybe that could be on the next episode. But having a good mentorship, we had a great mentorships with Latoya and them when we started Goddess Culture, uh, with Whitney when we started Idea Hub. We had a lot of positive, strong black women who not only gave us advice, but gave us support, let us cry on their shoulders, let us cry at their houses. Okay. Okay. Invited us over and fed us because we had a dollar fifty. Okay. So it, it's those people and it's just I think something that's very important as we continue is to, you know, lift as we climb. So as people reach out to us and as we can be a support and help and lift people up as we as we become bigger and better business owners, we just can't wait to continue to do that. Like that's a fact. There's room for everybody. There absolutely is. Guys, this was a long one. It was the longest. I feel like we need a part two because we still have like 10 questions, but we cannot go any further. Yeah. <laughs> we have to tap into fresh A's. Yes. I'm going to go through this quickly. Um, I'm, My skin is so dry right now. Like the winter came in and just dried me out. I feel like SpongeBob in that episode of... <laughs> you did two SpongeBob analogies today. <laughs> did I? Okay. Yes. I literally feel like when he was in Sandy's house in her habitat, and he was like, the higher the he was trying to drink water, and it was like the higher the peak, the fancier you are. But he was like, so, so dry, dehydrated. bone dry. Yeah. Um. And this is even though I'm about to talk about this, I I look really crusty right now. But let's just say today has been a day. But regardless, um, Casarex has a product called the Advanced Snail 96 Mucin Power Essence. Mad words. Essentially, it is an ultra filtered snail mucin that helps keep your skin like hydrated and glowy. Um, it comes from, uh, Korean skincare, which is obviously, it obviously focuses, well, not obviously, but Korean skincare focuses a lot on hydration as opposed to using like acids to exfoliate the skin, though they have exfoliating products. Um, but I really like it because as somebody who's like really suffering from like dry dehydrated skin in this cold ass East coast winter, Mm. I've been really appreciating it. Uh, it's $25. You can get it from... That's affordable. Yeah, it's not too bad. It, it's an essence, so it goes on like after your serums, before your moisturizer. Uh, you can use it day or night. It's not harsh and uh, on the skin. It doesn't. It's not scented either, so it doesn't have like a heavy perfumed smell. Um, you can get it from the Casarex website. You can oh. you can get it from um, JC Beauty. You can get it from I, I'm uh, very hesitant to buy skincare products off of Amazon, so I don't necessarily recommend that. But there's a lot of places you can get it. Just Google Casarex Snail Mucin Essence Essex Essence. <laughs> can I speak? Uh, but yeah, twenty five dollars. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. What have you done for self care lately? I think I might want to try that though because it's the the dryness that it's has it's killing me. It's killing me. It's killing me. It's killing me. I looked like a freaking crust bucket yesterday. Yeah. Two days ago, I had to exfoliate like physically exfoliate because it was crusty. Yeah. Yeah. I usually like just put Cetaphil on my face and like I'm good for the day, but I actually had to take my Aquaphor out my bag and re and, and touch yourself up. You had I'm to like, slug. I'm like, damn. Yeah. The wind is too much. It's yeah. very cold on the East Coast. If you're here, bundle up. Yeah. Um, what did I do for self-care today? Right now, um, I'm in the process of, like, renovating. So it's 
not like the most beautiful things I'm looking at in my immediate surroundings. However, I decided to sit in the sun today. I Isn't like it a, so, it feels so good. Oh my gosh. You know, I took it for granted. It's, it's it's sitting in the sun, like that vitamin D, that's the heat on your skin. Ain't nothing like it. Yeah. I have like a a big backyard and like a a deck, but like the sun comes in through that like deck door mm-hmm. and it's like dust there so it's like really perfect and like you know it's warm inside because you know the heat is on but like feeling the sun hit upon your skin it literally just like I had a a good day Mm because I was just like I wasn't doing anything spectacular but Mm -hmm. I just had a good day and then I think back to like why I had a good day I'm like maybe it was me sitting in the the sun for a little bit it was giving yeah I'm glad you had that experience uh, me personally, <laughs> I I haven't done shit. Like, if I can be completely honest, I've been I can't, I've been on autopilot because one of my clients is retail, and we're at the tail end of the year. Christmas is a big time. Like between Black Friday and Christmas, it's like a huge time for for consumer products. Um, in my day job, my main project slowed down, but there are other teams who are trying to just like tie up loose ends and like really get this thing to the end of the year. And I volunteered to lend a hand. And when you volunteer, they will take you up on that. So I literally woke up on Sunday with like nine meeting requests all this week, um, which has completely taken over my downtime. And the thing is, you can always make time for self-care. So this is not me saying I did not have time to. But by the time that I had the time, I was so tired, I just laid down. So maybe rest, maybe resting instead of focusing so heavily on like what activity can I do to be good to myself today? Just like choosing to nap, like. Maybe that's it. Today I did take a nap. Well, we are sending you some positive vibes. Please. Okay, please. let them rain on I've been you living out of a suitcase. Like, it's just a lot happening in my life. And you deserve some sunshine. I'm ready for this, like, little bitty break that I get you deserve in between it. Christmas and New Year's. You work hard. Jordan is a hard worker, y'all. She deserves a fucking vacation. Listen. Okay? I can't wait. Um... Thank y'all for listening. If you've made it to <laughs> to an point, hour and 25 minutes in. Um, we appreciate you guys. This is pretty much it. Let us know if we need a part two to this because I feel like there was a lot more we could have definitely dove into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you are listening and you think this could be helpful to someone, please send it over. Share, like, comment. All of these things mean so much to us. Yes. I guess that's a wrap, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs>